Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the More Than Baseball organization. More Than Baseball is working daily to better the lives of minor leaguers all over baseball. Uh, Our mission is to protect and enhance the future of our game by allowing baseball players to live a better life during and after their careers. All right, I'm super excited for my guest today. He was drafted out of high school in Pinole um, in the ninth round by the Phillies. Fellow Bay Area kid and my guy, Don Pimpkin. Pipkin, how's it going, brother? I'm going all right. You know, I'm just trying to get through the last year. I have to pitch the last game of the season, so I can't check out yet. A lot of my teammates, you know, they hit their innings limits and stuff. They're just like kind of hanging out, walking around, playing catch footballs. And I'm like, you guys are sandbagging it, man. Yeah, because like, so what's the vibe then? Because obviously they're kind of checked out. You still got to pitch, so you got to stay like motivated. Like, what's overall? What's the vibe there? You know, ironically, the vibe's gotten better as less baseball has to get played. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Like we're in dead last, and we've been dead last pretty much the entire year. So like, knowing we only got three left to play, and Aberdeen kind of sucks now. Yes, yeah. in the beginning of the year, Aberdeen was, oh, they're on the field. Okay, let's just let's just wrap it up, guys. We're not going to win this one. Let's go <laughs> home. But like all their guys got promoted. They've got like five dudes in Double A, two dudes in Triple A. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, now we're playing a rookie ball team. Yeah, and so like three days left. They're not good anymore. Let's pad the stats and, and just leave. We're done. And everyone's just in a way better mood. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of weird. And you, you're a starter, right, or a reliever? Uh, they had me a reliever to start the year, but then I started starting again in like June. So, so this game, when do you pitch next? Tomorrow, Sunday, Sunday, the last okay. game, last game. All right. So, so you're pitching against basically like low A guys and rookie ball guys. I'm assuming like 10, 10, 10 punchies minimum from you. Is that what we can expect? I have made <laughs> the most I've five in one game. Well, we gotta we gotta do what we can do to double that, double or nothing. I don't know, man. It's been a rough <laughs> year. They're down. It's like I throw a ball and they just don't swing at it. Yeah, it's just like I throw a curveball, throw a slider. They're like, nah, that's not a strike. Doesn't even look like it's gonna be close, and they just don't swing. Doesn't matter what it is. They'll sit there and take it looking, but like I throw a slider right down the middle, they just won't swing at it. Wow. So unless I throw everything in the zone, I'm screwed. Yeah. Well, let's let's give the listeners a quick background. Um, so I saw that you were from Pinole, Um and I think you're might be the first player I've seen who's come from Pinole, uh, at least Pinole Valley that I've kind of come across. Um, you went to the same elementary school that I did like years after, I think, um, for a couple months or whatever, however long you're at Elhurst and stuff. Um, so I knew I had to get you on the pod and chop it up. Like I just we were Bay Area brothers, basically, and I'm here in the Midwest now. And there's nobody here who kind of understands, like, the Bay Area culture. So now I feel like we can kind of relate because you're in – well, you're in Jersey Shore, aren't you? Yeah. 
Okay, so first, how is it playing over there? Because that I when I think of Jersey Shore, I think of like um, that TV show, <laughs> whatever it was. Oh, uh... That show was so bad. Honestly, I don't really like. I don't go out a whole lot. I don't really go to the clubs, go to the bars. Uh, I've gone out a couple times though, and obviously TV shows are edited and yeah. it's all cut up, but it's fairly accurate to the show when it comes to the nightlife but like everything else it's pretty much just like another chunk of the northeast if that makes sense yeah people drive crazy traffic sucks people are sometimes rude for no reason clearly their life's more important than yours yeah and like it's all right i wouldn't say it's it's just just another place like the northeast it's just all the same but yeah like that's just made my california brain thinking you could probably relate i mean before you even came here just thinking jersey shore okay bunch of like dudes in tank tops um like just ripped and then just like the nightlife just like 24 7 yeah that was the thought and then you get here and surprisingly there's more fat people than buff people (laughs) with the reputation (laughs) that it has and laundry there's really not to make Walking around just absolutely jacked. That's insane. And as that, we're talking, you're in you're in a tank top yourself, like. <laughs> so I guess oh, you probably, yeah, you probably fit the mold. No, I wish I fit the mold. I'm not big enough yet. So tell me this then. Um, you obviously grew up in the Bay Area. Like, how California were you? Because like me, growing up a little bit, a few years, you know, before you in the Bay Area, like, um, like puka shells like do people assume you know, you're just a surfer skateboarder like what 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 kind of kid were you growing up in california um when i left california everybody who didn't know i was from california mm-hmm. guessed i was like they could tell i was a california kid what gave it away but, like, like what, was, I'm not, what 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 gave them that impression i don't know <laughs> they just could tell Maybe they looked me up or I don't know, but they knew I was a California kid before I was, before I told them I was a California kid. Some people said it's all because you just don't care about anything. Like Mm -hmm. you seem too chill, laid back, you know, nonchalant. And I was like, okay, I get it. But like, there's people like that everywhere. Yeah. That isn't just me, California kid. But I probably would say when I left California, I was so California that everything seemed weird like the moment i left the state i went to colorado as a little kid so i was the only time i left the state of arizona and like nothing really stayed in my brain because i was like eight yeah and so i as an adult i left and i was just like yo this is this is weird this is super weird what was maybe one of the first things that you're like wow i am not in california anymore the lack of liberals that's the lack that's of, fair the lack people agreeing mm-hmm. like you look at the state and it's just like oh they got different opinions and like they live peacefully together mm-hmm. go home and have different opinion it's like yeah stakes and torches and riots going on because someone said oh trump didn't do a bad job and then holy hell all hell breaks loose that's it a fair weird. point that's a fair point because i actually moved here the year of the elections and like the year, like the thing he got elected, and then like a month or two later, we moved, and just yeah. seeing like the whole vibe in California, right? Like, because I grew up in, I was I was in Richmond at the time, and then coming here to the, the Midwest, 
Whereas like I people I worked with had different opinions, but like no one cared. It was still like whatever. Yeah. Like we're we're people in California, dude. Complete opposite. It's like your your car is getting burned. Your job is like uh, people don't want to talk to you. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like its own little kind of like a cult in California. Beautiful state. Yeah, People love going home, but it's just it's, it's a different weird vibe. Yeah. So I gotta tell you, ask you this then: Are you are you a big In and Out guy? Like, I mean, because for me, like that's that's the the place to go. Bro, In and Out is a religion. You have to go to In and Out every time I go home. That first day I get back, I go to In and Out. What is a fast food joint like? That's maybe like uh, Jersey Shore's like version of In and Out, like where everyone just swears by. I'm not sure, actually. I mean, maybe Wawa. I guess <laughs> I don't know. They don't really have a, a big fancy fast food restaurant with this giant reputation like we do. Yeah. I mean, they got they got some stuff, but they got more local shops and restaurants here than fast food places. So I think it just depends on who you ask. I think for me, like moving from California, especially like the Bay Area, like one of the biggest things I realized was just like the lack of traffic. Maybe it's different over there where you are, but like in the Midwest, like no traffic. Like oh. it, there's no traffic. I had to cross the Bay Bridge every day to go to work for like two years. I wanted to jump off the bridge halfway through. Like it was so bad. Yeah, traffic brutal compared to anywhere else that I've been. I mean, yeah. I've obviously Northeast. I'm in Jersey, so everyone's going to New York. So if you don't have turnpike, there's traffic. That's the only place. Yeah, and we're we're right Route 70, so like there's some traffic from time to time, like peak peak hours, like literally only 4:30 to 5:30. There's traffic on this road. Yeah. But everywhere else is a breeze. Unless there's road construction, there's no traffic. Or school gets out, there's traffic in the neighborhoods, but that's fine. Yeah. You can expect that you can plan around that. I feel like in California, it's like, hey, go to the grocery store. All right, I'll see you in a couple hours. You know, it's like, <laughs> you, have no, <laughs> you have no idea what to expect ever. It's crazy. In California, in Infinol, it's like a, it's like a drive through city. 80 goes right through yep. half an old. And so everyone uses our our main road right by our in and out to cut around the freeway traffic. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they create a giant log jam right through this second most important street of the city. It's got all of our grocery stores, our Target, all of our food places, and they just clog it all the way up. They actually want to put in apartment buildings on that road when it's already a terrible road for anything. Yeah. That's crazy. So just, just going to add a little more traffic, California traffic. Yeah. Like I go through 80 when I go to like Vallejo or like whatever, Napa, whatever, like we were going that direction. And it's just, I, I would say this, I'd rather go that direction than toward like San Francisco or 580, 80 and like that merge. Oh, yeah. That's, that's just absolute like passing like Ikea and Emeryville. Like that's just, that's just torture. Go all the way left to go to the airport, all the way right to go to the city, but then not so far left to go to Oakland, but not so far right to go to exactly. Hayward. Exactly. I can't. And no one lets you merge. No. I find myself home. I don't even go that direction. If I have to go anywhere, I'm going inland. I'm going like Martinez, Concord. Shit, I'll even go to Sacramento before I go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Sacramento. 
Yeah. So when people heard you from California, because I get this all the time, they assume one that like I was a surfer, which I'm not. I don't know how to surf. Uh, two, they assume like I know every like actor in like the country, because like I, I automatically in Hollywood, although I live like nine hours away, whatever. <laughs> but like, is that do you get those like? Uh, <laughs> Um, and also like the whole laid back thing. Cause that's how I am as well. Like even at my job, be like, man, you're so like laid back. Nothing gets you upset. Nothing really does. I think that's just like the way I kind of grew up, like just California, cool, California chill and all that kind of stuff. But, um, what was maybe yeah. one like, um, stereotype that people just assumed about you? Cause you're from California. I'm not really, I don't know, actually. <laughs> I mean, other than political stereotypes, yeah. there weren't really many. That's fair. Like, just, just let them be. They didn't really assume I was a certain way, mm-hmm. other than he's back. That was that was pretty much it. Yeah, too bad. All right, but let's talk about you uh, growing up and stuff. So obviously, you go to Pinole Valley High. Um, California produces a ton of like talent, like all over. Um, I've had guys like who yeah. played all over California, and like they're like, okay, the talent is incredible. And then he, I talked to guys who were like in the Midwest, where it snows um, like four or five months out of the year, so they can't like practice as often. Um, so like the talent maybe isn't as like the Florida, the Californians of the world. So in the Bay Area, like how was the talent for you, like in high school and stuff? Um, I didn't. Uh, Pinole Valley wasn't. A, it's not a big sports school anymore. But the only player I played that was, you know, at my level, drafted, going to get paid was Osiris Johnson. Out of all the kids at all the schools, there was only really one. Where did he go? But when I was a freshman, we had. He went. He got drafted by the Marlins. Okay. Out of high school, so he was at um, what's the school? Ensenel High School in Alameda. Okay. Yep. Where, exactly where that's at. So it was. It was. He was the only guy really that was even par with what I could do on a baseball field. But that that was it. There was really nobody else. When I was a freshman, we had a shortstop named Casey Wallace. I don't know if you've heard his name before, mm-hmm. but he was good. You can't deny it. He was good at baseball, but he kind of like just ran his mouth and went down, went down the drain because people can't shut up ever. And he got recorded saying something on Twitter. Oh. But other than those two, there wasn't really anyone that was like, "Oh, this guy might go. This guy, this guy." He's got something going on. Those mm-hmm. are the only two players that I've really seen from the Bay Area, at least, that I deal with. Yeah, and I'm not really a stats guy. Like, I won't claim to be, but like, I'll gas you up a little bit. Like in high school, your ERA was two two three, which is, I mean, is that good? You tell me. Uh, and then you had a batting average of three thirty. Um, were you just like the guy then, like in your area? Like, there's that guy. Like, we want to face him because he's just going to carve us or. When you're at the play, they're like, all right, we'll chop that up to a, a hit. You know, I'm not really sure what other people thought. I knew when I was going to get the ball that I would more than likely have at least nine strikeouts that day <laughs> on any given day. And That's awesome. <laughs> as bad as that. But, like, the two-two-three ERA with the level of baseball I was playing, it should have been a lot lower. That's for sure. But... You know, it was just go out there, do my thing. I don't know what people thought. I don't know if they wanted to face me or not. I knew I wanted to pitch the better teams. Yeah. But the better teams still weren't really good. 
So I don't know how I had a two ERA. It should have been like a zero. Yeah. But it, it's fine. It's fine. What was your like best game? A best game? Yeah. Ooh, that maybe you just like know. you just card maybe 13 14 Ks. Um they just had nothing I against think you. I had I had 12 a couple times. I probably would be we were on the road at St. Mary's. I think I went 5 innings, no runs with 12 strikeouts and like one or two walks. Jeez. I think that was I think that was the best game. When did you so you 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 were committed to Cal. Um um how was how was that? Like, how was that? Obviously, you, you got drafted and all that. But um, how were the visits to – were any other schools interested in you? Because obviously, Cal is, like, local, like, right where we both grew up. Is that, like, your dream school? Right, yeah. I had a, a couple other, like, info pamphlets get sent to my house. Uh, I talked to a couple coaches. But, like, the moment I touched 88 miles an hour, like, the first time, the pitching coach – for Cal at the time, Thomas Eager was sitting in the stands talking to my pitching coach. And he was like, Hey man, he touches eighty eight, like we're gonna we're gonna give him an offer. Nice. And hit eighty eight that one time and two days later they were like, Hey, we want you to come to the school and show you around a little bit and talk to you and I was like, Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom head up there and they were like, Yeah, so we're gonna give you X amount of dollars for this and X amount for that and I was like, Mom what are they talking about? What does that mean? Like what, what, what are they talking yeah. about? I don't get it. What is, what is 10,000 for this? Or 15, what the fuck are they talking about? And I didn't really know what to do or what to say. Cause I didn't know what they were talking about at the time. And I kind of was just like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. You know, that's, that's great. Appreciate it. And shake their hands, whatever, walk away, get in the car. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? And I go, what? Goes, do you realize what they just gave you? I said, no. What What did they offer me? She said, they basically just gave you a full ride, son. Like, you, they just paid, they said they'd pay for your room and board, your tuition, most of your books. Like, you, you wouldn't have to pay for college. Why didn't you just say yes? And I was like, because I didn't know what they were offering. And so to this day, whenever we bring up college, she makes that because... 15 year old me had no idea what was going on. You were 15. So was that heading? Is that after your freshman year heading to your sophomore year then? Yeah, it was. I think September, late September, my freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. So when when did you commit then? When did you commit to Cal? October of my sophomore year. Okay. So you you just waited the next year then? Well, no, that was. I went there and a week later, not even, I think I said yes, like probably an hour after we left because I called him back like, hey, I didn't realize, <laughs> but yes, I would love that. Yeah. That's that insane. Right in the beginning of my sophomore year. So you go to school in, in Pinole and are guys just looking at you on the team and maybe other players that are playing you like, there is that D1 guy, like he's only 15, he's already a D1 commit, like he's just a stud. Like, were you just, like, I would have been the cockiest guy. All of all of the Bay Area would know who I was. That's how I would have it. I would have it in my Twitter bio, like, D1 ready. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a helicopter mom watching over the social media to make sure I didn't do anything stupid. <laughs> and uh, I definitely was cocky, that's for sure. And But I would say probably the people that I wasn't close to, like other teams, other players from other schools mm-hmm. they were cool they were like yo that's dope whatever it was it's kind of weird the, my p 
people that I thought were my friends stopped being my friend because of it. What? Yeah, and it was like, bro, it's it's just a college. Yeah. Like, we all can go. You just got. You, you might not go to the same one. Like, it's yeah. not. We we can still be friends. And they no, it's just some people just complete one eighty. Dang. And now, I'm that cocky asshole with the the Cal scholarship and. That's like, all right, bro. I get it. I see where we stand. Yeah, that's insane. So uh, I want to throw this stat at you, and maybe you didn't know. Maybe you didn't know. Uh, I looked it up. You were 10 for 10 in stolen bases. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I didn't steal a whole lot, but when I went, I was safe. Dude, that's. I take 100% in anything. <laughs> <laughs> so now are you kind of mad that yeah. the, the, the DH rolls around because you just want to get on base because, like, show off that speed of yours? Oh uh, no! As a professional, you're not stealing a bag. You you are going absolutely nowhere. It is station to station, and you're done. That's it. However, I, I was looking forward to swinging the bat at some point. Just just one, just yeah. one at bat. Just see if I can get a hit, you know, or just maybe stay in the game for two at bat. Mm-hmm. Just to try. Because Jack Perkins wasn't double a last year he hit a home run he hit a triple and it's just like you hear the stories about it and it's just like dang i want to do that mm-hmm. i wish i can't wait to get up there and, you get up there and it's like ah oh, damn i missed my chance that's right i missed it but i'm not like i'm not mad about it yeah i'd rather not have to deal with being 100 miles an hour go flying by like what the yeah, I I don't it's know like, how I don't know how hitters hit balls. Like it's insane how much how fast people are just throwing the ball now. It's insane. Well, they always say you can adjust the speed. So I guess after seeing it enough, it just becomes the norm. That's fair. You get used to it, maybe. Um, but like, if I think the fast five during the off season, like when I, I I plan on going back to California, I might have to do some live at bats against you. Like me, like a no a non baseball player. See if I can get a couple hacks off you. You know, I'm sure you'll be in the Bay Area at some point. Yeah, I will. You'll find you'll you'll get one. You'll get one. That's what's up. We'll Guaranteed. see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I might have to document that. Um, in in high school, did you only play baseball, or were you other sports too? I only played baseball. I signed up to play football because my brother played, and he was a lineman, so it could have been like that. Older brother protects the little brother on the yeah. line of scrimmage thing. Would have been cool, but my mom called the coach and was like, "No, he's not playing." Your mom called he's, the coach. He's not. Yeah, she called the coach and was like, "Listen, my other son, no, he's not playing." Dang. And I was, "Why not?" She was like, "You just got a scholarship for that arm. You're not going to go below that arm doing something stupid that you've never done before." And I was like, "Mom, I can go play JV football. Like, yeah, we've seen these kids. They're not large." She yeah. said, "No." I yeah, Penel didn't even have a good team. I, I don't like, think right. they've ever had a good team. No, nah, we suck. But like, hey, I can run and throw, so put me on the field. I'll make us a little bit better. Yeah. Wow. But I wasn't upset about it. Shout out to your I mean, mom she's, though. She's a real one for, you know, keeping you keeping you in line and recognizing like the opportunity that it was. And I'm sure she'll listen to this, so shout out to your mom. Um and your oh, pa- yeah. and your parents and all that. But uh um, were you obviously you 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 were hitting in in high school too? Like, what position did you play when you weren't pitching? Um, for the first three years, I played center field, so I'd pitch on Friday, play outfield on Wednesday, and it'd be a good time, you know. Maybe throw a guy out, maybe yeah. scare somebody in the 
and infield outfield stuff because I just I pretty much throw just started now as it did then. So I'm just letting it eat from the outfield. And then senior year, we got a new coach and he was like, I don't want you hurting your arm. You're gonna go play first base. And I was like, bro, you can't come in here. Mm-hmm. Like you own the place. Yeah. My school, I own the place. <laughs> You're like, I'm a D one kid, bro. But I want to do it. <laughs> well, like at that point, at that point when the new coach came in, it was more or less draft ready, not college. Like I had no intention of going to school. Yeah. And he showed up and all right, I'm running the show. And I was like, listen, listen, listen. No, you don't. You're not yeah. running the show. We actually had a meeting with the coach and the principal of the high school for that exact purpose. And the whole thing was like, listen, if he acts up, says stupid shit on the field, you know, gives you a hard time at practice, you can punish him however you want, but playing time will not be one of them, Yeah. period. He will play because it is extremely important that he plays and gets someone's name from the school on the map legitimately. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Play. Has there been anyone drafted from Pinole or no? Or you the first? Um, Coley Crank, I think, was his name from a long time ago, way before I was. I, I think it was when I was in like elementary school, maybe. A little okay. kid, apparently, okay. he got drafted by the Pirates. I think. But, but like in recent memory, you're 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 basically one of the the most recent in the like the last yeah. ten years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to your your principal for keeping it real and be like, look, man, we need. We need Pinole Valley like on the map. Like this is it's not yeah. a big school. I mean, it, I feel like people kind of forget that Pinole even exists, right? You drive through like on the on the eighty. It's like if you go well, right through it. Well, it it was big. It the old campus they built in sixty four. They kept that campus until twenty sixteen. Okay, twenty fifteen was the last graduating class out of that old Pinole Valley school, and they tore it down. Oh, they did. They Where were, did they move it? It's in the same spot. Dang, I didn't even know that. But, that. That's the one that I remember, the old campus. Yeah, they tore that one down. So your your high school's gone. And they were rebuilding it from 16 to 20. Yeah. 19, end of 19, I think is when they finished it. So I was told I would graduate in the new campus as a senior. It's going to take them three years to build it. You get to graduate in it. It's all good. Didn't happen. They were under construction for five, six years, seven years. I didn't. I was in portable all four years. Like the high school was a dirt lot with construction vehicles. So you had no clue it was even there anymore if you weren't from people. And then behind the Red Onion, behind that creek where the baseball field used to be was all the portables. So I went to high school in portables, no lockers, no nothing. But now if you go back and they finish the construction, it's a big old long building, three floors. They got a giant archway in the front. They got this giant gym, solar panels over the parking lots. They put in full-grown palm trees. Like it's, It looks like almost like a college that's, campus. That's insane. Back. Where's your statue at? You got a statue there? <laughs> Come on now. Eventually, well, eventually, once you get to the majors and you're just dominating, they'll be like, all right, we got to get it. We got to get a statue. Um so how how was this then? Like, do you ever look back at at your at not going to college, um, and think you know I could have been there with the boys on Piedmont and College Ave, just chilling, you know, on the weekends enjoying that that college life? Because obviously you didn't you, you didn't get to experience that. Um, do you ever just kind of look know, back and like, man, I wish I went to college a little bit? You know, sometimes I do look back and think, yeah, I missed out. Maybe I should have went. 
But like for the most part, it would just be the social aspect because a lot of the guys are college guys and they all say things that I might not pick up on at first or they all know stuff I don't know and they all pay attention to certain things I don't pay attention to, yeah. like fantasy sports or college football. None of that even clicks in my brain. But at the same time, I don't regret not going because had I gone, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Sure. I like me, so <laughs> I'm okay with not going. So it's not – it's like I, I do regret it, but I don't. Yeah. No, I respect that. And, like, I mean, I – I, I get there's like the dynamic of do I go to college? Do I go to high school? Was there a draft round that if you had gone, you'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to Cal? Uh, the round for me didn't really matter. For me, it was more more than narrow. Yeah. Yeah. If I, the more I got, the more likely I wouldn't go to college. So I got like second rounder money in the ninth round. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really, I'm not complaining. I'll go. Yeah, Happily, and that I'll just go. goes to show you how much like the Phillies wanted you, which is obviously, you know, like you can gas yourself up a little bit, be like, all right, they kind of wanted me yeah. to give me that that money. Um, what was the first like dumb thing you bought, like when you got your money? Because obviously you got a little bit, you got second round money. Like, what was the first dumb thing? I know your mom's probably making sure you didn't spend it and go crazy, but like you had to buy something. I only spent a really large amount of money on one thing for myself, and that was a 2018 AMG Mercedes. Nice. And that's all I bought for myself. You know, I bought little stuff here and there, food, you know, something to mess around with friends. Oh, COVID hit. Let's go shoot with airsoft guns. I'll buy a couple of those, you know, mm-hmm. stupid, stupid stuff like that. But I only bought myself a car. That was big. Yeah. And that's a nice car. Obviously, you're you're, you're, you're riding around, driving around Panola in this sweet ride. That's just nasty. I think I got that car for 175 Dang. On I five one time, I was it was perfectly straight for like the next five miles on I five. Oh, I know exactly LA. what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I was like, "There's no cop in sight. I can see all the way back, all the way forward. You know, I can see it all." And I was like, "Hey, let's let it eat." I just floored it for probably a good eight seconds, Dang. maybe not even. Yeah. And it said one seven five, and I was like, "All right, we're good here." And I took it off, and I was just I was rolling hundred plus for probably a minute straight. Just letting it slow down by itself. Yeah. Haven't done it since. I don't think I've been over 110 since then. I had my fill. I realized, all right, well, my whole life could have just ended in a split second. Yeah. One, one pothole and I was. So yeah. that was my, that was my one thing that I regret buying, but I wouldn't get rid of it for the world. So, yeah, no, for sure. I, I don't blame it. you. <laughs> regret it but it's cool because my mom didn't want me to buy it she said this is a stupid purchase you don't need to be buying a ninety thousand dollar car you're 18 19 years old the insurance is gonna kill you x y and z and i was like oh, i'll be fine yeah and i did it anyways she was not happy with it but she got she got and i told you so out of me from after a couple of years so it's all good now. Yeah, it's that's, not bad. That's, that's all, no, good for you. Like I said, I mean, some people have, I've heard guys tell me they bought chains, they bought this and that, but usually it's like the vehicles, like the the number one thing they bought. But like, you know, at least nah. you're not out there buying yourself some, some uh, Fernando Tatis chains or something. 
too. Could never. I did buy this chain. This was like a thousand dollars, but it's just a little guy. Yeah, something over the top, nothing crazy. So, so we wouldn't see you walk rocking around in like a in a Fernando Tatis like some some bling right now. No, nah, you won't ever catch me wearing a giant <laughs> giant chain covered ice. It's not happening. Yeah. Hey, I, I respect his 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 drip though. You know, like it's not for everybody. You know, not everybody no. can pull it off. But like, I respect gotta, it. Those who can. Yeah, you gotta have a big personality. Pull off the Tatis Tatis drip. That's for sure. So talk to me about draft day. Like you obviously go uh, six round, right? No. Yeah. Six round. Um, like how was ninth. that? Ex- ninth round. Ninth round. How was that experience? And um, like the whole, like, did you have a party? Like what was, what was going on? So I was on the uh, MLB top 100 draft prospects list. I was like 92nd, <laughs> 94th, something like that. <laughs> barely on the list, barely, on, but um so there was hope like okay maybe it'll be first day pick you know first two two and a half rounds you know mm-hmm. one two and then the comp rounds like maybe you know and me friends um i think my uncle was there my pitching coach was there a couple of family friends were there and we all went to mount mike's actually just to eat some pizza and watch it on the tv and we're all sitting there and I haven't gotten any phone calls yet from my agent. And then second round rolls around and he calls me, he goes like, Hey Dom, you know, I don't think you're going to get picked on the first day. Like we, sh- people have showed interest, but it's, it's not for these rounds. And I was like, Oh, okay. And at that point it was already like the end of the comp round for the second round. And it was it was kind of underwhelming. I think I, I went into it with really high expectations, just based off Twitter and the rankings and all the extra stuff that honestly, truly doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. When you once you get into it and you realize what does and doesn't matter, the rankings don't pretty much mean unless you're the first, you know, five picks. It doesn't mean anything. You can slip and fall to the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, the thing with baseball also is like the money issue. Like they can, like they can get guys different places. Like, and you're a good example of that. They give you second round money, but they got mm-hmm. you in the in the ninth, or whatever. So it's the baseball draft is so different than like MLB or NFL, NBA. You know, it's, it's crazy how like the dynamic is different. Yeah, they. I I went in the second day towards the end, and they were like. You know, we thought Pipkin would be, you know, maybe in the comp round. And they called me the steal of the second day. I heard that. I read that. People saying you were one of the steals of the draft. Yeah. Then just hang out in high A for two years and post a five-something ERA. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Stealing, stealing company time. Company money. My bad. But, hey, I mean, it, like, you got drafted. It, it's, an, it's an experience you, you always remember. You know, you got you got decent money. Uh, you're you're still young, right? Because you obviously got drafted out of high school, so it's not like you're yeah. a, a 27 year old in, in low way or high A. So you got obviously room to gr- to grow and improve. No big deal. Like you'll be fine. Yeah, I got time with the clock. I'm only 22. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I feel like sometimes high school guys they take a little bit longer to, to develop because the obviously like you're basically the same age as a guy who just got drafted out of college. You know. So yeah. It's, if you look at it that way, like you're, it's not like you're behind schedule or whatever um no. 
Looking so going into the minors, and I love talking about the minor leagues, the experiences people go through there, and obviously like this podcast is with more than baseball. They're working with minor leaguers to help improve. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the union. Um, obviously, you were in that meeting. It's something like I see you post on social a lot about uh, becoming having a union for the minor leaguers. Like, what was that meeting? Like, what was that whole meeting about? What was like the vibe of the general population of the minor leaguers? So. There's been a lot of meetings about it. There's Zoom calls all the time. For the most part, I have only heard one person, maybe two, say like, oh, we don't deserve it. This is the minor leagues. It needs to be this way for a reason, you know? But pretty much every single person they hear, oh, you know, better clubhouse conditions, better food maybe, you know, what do you care about the most, better pay, stuff like that. Once they start hearing what it can benefit, everyone's on board instantly. No one is ever against it. And it makes me happy that everyone's on board. The only thing is, like, I question how on board everyone is. Because there's there will not be a work stoppage. There's no way. Like, no one's going to stop working. First, first possible union, like, no one's going to go on strike. No one needs to be locked out, like just baby steps. But I'm excited. I haven't heard anyone be against it. And I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a really good thing for the minor leagues. It's going to be a really positive impact. I, I really believe that. Who who led the Zoom meeting um, for like all the minor leaguers? Who's, who's kind of like spearheading that? Um, Harry Marino. He is the leader of the Advocates for Minor Leaguers. So he's on there every week. And then all the guys that help him do it are on there too. Okay. And like, but overall, like in the meeting, because um, I know they got over 50% like interest, but overall, like the guys in the meeting, they're all pretty much on board. Yeah. There's a, a group of players that, they talk to that have maybe one, two guys in each board that they'll talk to to like reach out, you know, to get stuff moved around and spread the word. But like everyone, everyone's always there. So then what's the next step then? Like, I mean, do they say how long this process lasts? Like what is the next thing that's going to happen? Um, on Tuesday, the MLBPA Rick asked MLB to formally recognize the minor league player union be as a part of the MLBPA and MLB hasn't responded yet to my knowledge so there's two things that could happen they could one formally recognize it and we could just go straight to collectively bargaining a new CBA at the end of the minor league season or they could say no we don't recognize your union and you guys are full of shit and they could start they could start an anti-union campaign or they could just not and just be like, yeah, you guys aren't going to do anything, whatever. And in which case we have to go to the NLRB and be like, Hey, we got all these people that want a union. And then we have to do a union vote. And then anyone that signed a union card could, could then go vote yes or no on the union. And then if we get enough votes for yes, majority yes of people that signed a union card, um, They'd say, hey, MLB, like this is, they have the union. They have it. So you have to recognize it. 
Good. And, ho- and hopefully and that's, that it does. And that's, that's an improvement from like what it, it has been like prior to this. Cause obviously um, Manfred and like major league baseball in general, like the treatment of minor leaguers and people like people see the final product. They don't see like that grind it takes to get to mm-hmm. the majors. Right. They don't see the years in double a, the low a, uh, rookie ball, whatever, you know, some guys go through the whole, like, all five or six levels, and they yeah. just see that finished product, and they assume, like, okay, they're just, they're rich baseball players. Yeah, they don't, they, people don't see what goes on behind the scenes, because behind the scenes is messy, to say the least. MLB has an exemption from all antitrust laws, mm-hmm. so, or, you know what that means, right? Yeah. So they can all talk to each other and they can set pay scales and they can cap out this and cap out that. They can... You're not allowed to talk to each other. You are separate companies. Mm-hmm. You are in a competing business or you're supposed to be. And they use their 100-year-old exemption to their advantage to pay us less than $12,000 a year. I mean, I won't even, I'll say it. My income last year was 11000 Four hundred and seventy-five dollars and some change. That's in- that's insane. I mean, I got a signing bonus, so like, it's not that big of a deal to me. But there's guys that have signed for thousand dollars, fifteen dollars, two grand, where it's like that just paid their rent. Now what? They're making nothing, and uh, it's 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 kind of a slap in the face mm-hmm. when you go look back at the whole unionization process we've gone through. Rob Manfred went on TV and was like, "That's a livable wage." 11 grand a year, 12 grand a year. Oh, they can live off that. No problem. It's like, where? Yeah. Like in Alaska, maybe. Probably I, not even. Alaska's actually expensive. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. But I mean, yeah, I, I get to your point. It's, it's insane. Like, no one can live on, on that amount. And for him to call it a livable, a livable wage, it just shows a disconnect. Yeah. It just shows a disconnect that he, because he gets paid millions. It just shows a disconnect between him and like the average person, I guess. Yeah, Rob Man makes eighteen million a year doing his job. Fun fact: I looked that up, and that was <laughs> what I was told. Um, it, it's just it's they just don't care. Yeah, it's nickel and dime. One group paid the other group what they're worth. Arguably, mm-hmm. but it's just it's stupid. Yeah. So tell me this then: Have you had any interesting minor league stories? Because like we'll we'll kind of end on this. Like what what is maybe some fun funny minor league story because like i've had guys tell me they, they pull up in their bed and they see blood on the sheets um they've had fans like go onto the bus trying to get autographs like i've had some crazy stories like what is something that you've experienced oh, maybe in the minors where you're like dang that's in- that's just insane uh there's been a few things probably not appropriate for the podcast but uh something funny albertus barber I know. Love that yeah. guy. He, he just got promoted, right? The double A? Yeah, he just got promoted. Yeah. That dude is a riot. So it was 2019. We were in Kannapolis, I want to say. I, I don't know where. I can't remember the state or the city, but we were playing the White Sox. And I'm in the clubhouse hanging out, whatever. And two guys come walking in with their bags, you know, call-ups, whatever. I get it. And one of them was Barber. I was like, all right, you know, another white dude. It's all right. It's to be expected. It's chill. At least he speaks English. Yeah. And 
he was giving me like this it was, it was weird i was like this guy's kind of weird i was like getting weird vibes <laughs> and it was funny and he didn't really do anything out of the ordinary just you know said some off the wall stuff here and there and it's like all right it's fine like a week later we are in augusta georgia playing the green jackets and he turns on this random song in the clubhouse he's just screaming and hollering trying to fire everybody up and you got a couple guys recording i was right there recording my phone some guys are clapping laughing at him and he, he did what he called the inchworm he on beat to the song dropped just flat on the ground and started inchworming on the floor dragging his face on this old dirty carpet and we're all looking at him like this dude's insane i think this dude's on crack right now yeah he's screaming and hollering and it's like you don't know what he's talking about and he's dragging his face in this dirty carpet and it's just like oh all right that's that's albertus barber and from that day on everyone was like yeah that's the guy that that that's the guy right there he is the edge yeah, so would you say he's like the clubhouse guy then, the guy who kind of fires up the boys, maybe uh, makes everybody laugh, crack a couple of jokes oh, yeah. or something? Oh, absolutely. He definitely fires up the boys. He's always right there screaming, let's go, let's do it, let's play hard. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, let's fucking kill somebody. I'm like, okay, relax, brother. We get it. You want to play hard and you want to win. Easy. Wait. Say that last part again, you cut out. He'll say, like, he'll be in the clubhouse, like, oh, let's go kill somebody. It's like, Barbara, we, we get it. You know, you want to play hard. You want to win. Like, it's a, but but relax. Yeah. There's a line. It's yeah. Just chill. Dang. But he's always right there for the boys. Yeah. And he and he he might be dead to me, actually, if I'm being honest, because he told me he would come on the podcast like a year ago. So, like, I don't know what you uh, you might have to message him. Be like, bro, you can't just he can't just big league me. Uh, but uh, no, he's he's good people. Like I messaged him a couple times, and like um, he he's re- he was recovering from was it Tommy John that he had? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it was during his recovery process. He's like, hey, when I'm when I'm do- all done, you know, after the off season, I'll, I'll hit you up. Never has, but it's, whatever. I mean, he, like I said, he may be dead to me. I don't know. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he'll eventually come on the podcast. And when he does, you know, I'll have to I'll have to mention your your uh, story to him because that's that's incredible. And like I love hearing like these these stories in the minor league clubhouses and like just guys who do things to like fire up the boys. Um, your coach or manager has he ever said anything like a good like war story of like something to fire up the boys or, or no? No shot. Our manager is most monotone man on planet Earth. I mean that man doesn't have a drop of emotion in his body. It's just like all right, man, let's go play hard today. And then we kind of, all right, Ben, you played hard today. And he goes right into his fucking office. It's just like, all right, thanks, dude. <laughs> good, good talking to you. Wow. Have you had I any? Like him. He's a cool guy. He's yeah. a cool guy. Have you had any interesting minor league interactions? Like, what's the funniest thing someone has, has, has asked you to sign, or maybe they just chirped at you? Like, something like, because I've had guys be like, you know, they'll hear people chirping at them and they're like, okay, that's actually kind of funny. I'm going to respect what you just said. That's kind of, I kind of laugh, although it's kind of rude, but like, I'll laugh at it. Um, is there something that maybe someone has said to you where you're like, oh, you know, I got to tip my cap. It's kind of funny. Uh, not really. I mean, I've had people scream like, oh, he's a bust. Should have went to Berkeley, go back to California. I've heard some some crazy stuff, but like nothing really. That was just like, okay, that was funny. Yeah. Like I haven't really heard. Like if you, whenever you're in a minor league stadium, at least in the lower, lower levels and there's, and you hear the guy that's always there chirping, 
it's always some random old dude that's just like saying something stupid. Like Hudson Valley Renegades, they have a guy that just yells quack. <laughs> He'll be on the runner on first. And he's just quack, what? quack, quack, like nonstop, super loud for like eight straight minutes while you're on the field trying to play. It's just like, what are you doing? Dang. Like, that's not even a chirp. You're just yeah. being obnoxious. But though there is one guy in Brooklyn, actually. There's this black dude that goes to every Brooklyn game, and he sits right in the front row uh, behind home plate on a little bit shaded to the left, home team dugout. And he'll just sit there, and he'll yell at you. like, But not, not like a chirp, not random stuff. He'll be like, hey, Dom, I know you're about to throw a curveball. Why don't you go ahead and spike it? And he'll spike it. And he goes, I told you you were going to spike it. And he's just yelling at you the whole time. And after a while, like, he's pretty good at picking up on patterns. I won't lie. And so after a while, like, you have a grip set in your hand. And he's like, I know what you're throwing. Dang. Throwing the change up. Like, this fucking jackass is going to give away everything I'm doing. Was he like and a former course, scout or something? Like, he just. <laughs> no, I think he just loves going to baseball games. And he goes to so many. He learned how to pick up on stuff. Wow, and but like the the hard part is like you can't let him know he knows. Yeah, you just got to keep throwing, and hopefully he'll be wrong one time, and no one will believe what he's saying. Yeah. But like sometimes that guy, he's on it. Sometimes I won't lie. Wow, that's insane. So when you're not pitching, what do you do for fun? Like, let's end on this question. Like, what do you do for fun when you're not pitching? Obviously, you you drive around in your car at you know high speeds and all that fun stuff. But uh, Fast and Furious over here, but. <laughs> When you're not pitching, what do you do for fun? Right here. Oh, okay. This is about all I got. Because I, I have my PS5 too, but I haven't played that in months. It's sit on my phone, TikTok, go play golf, okay. and then go back to the field. That's literally all I do. If we get rained out, we'll go to the simulator, hit some golf balls into a screen. Who's the best that's, golfer on your team? That's literally all we do. Ooh. If it's yourself, it you was Lindau. Okay. Oh, dude, I'm shooting in the 90s every time or worse. I'm not the best. I don't even it know. It was either Lindau. It was Lindau, Ethan Lindau. Then he got called to Redding. And now it is Jason Ruffcorn. But on any given day, JP Woodward might creep up there and, and go low hmm. and be one shot better than rough corn maybe shoot the same shoot one worse he he has the potential to go right neck and neck with with rough corn because he, he's the best golfer dang and then after that a couple other guys and then towards the lower end of the totem pole it's it's me and jared carr i mean i've only been playing for a year, so like i'm not good by any means yeah better than most but i'm not good what, what, where do you go uh, golfing in, in like, have you gone golfing in California yet? Like, where's your spot? Uh, I usually go to Franklin Canyon because okay. it's just right off of Highway 4 right next to my house, as you know. Um, I'll go to Tilden. I've been up north to play a little bit. I've been inland to go play a little bit. One thing I haven't done, I need to get over to San Francisco and play TPC Harding because mm. it's TPC, you know? It's tour. Yeah. On, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very well known. You got to go play where the pros play. I think they had, they hosted a tournament like two years ago and Colin Morikawa won. Mm-hmm. 
so I gotta go play it. Yeah, so yeah. for me in in the Bay Area, I got Scandia. That's that's my that's my spot. Oh yeah, the putt putt. <laughs> yeah, that's all I do, bro. I can't even. I haven't golfed before. I gotta <laughs> I gotta go golfing. Like I I say that all the time because so many guys I talk to, they're like, yeah, we'll take you golfing. We'll go golfing together. And like I'm like, okay, I gotta do it, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, maybe during the off season, like or like your guys' off season, like when I go back to the Bay Area, maybe. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll hit you up. Be like, yo, give me a ride in your whip. <laughs> let's, go go, let's go golfing. Teach me some of the moves, bro. I got you, boss. I appreciate that. Respect. I respect that. You know, I'll take you to the range. No doubt. No doubt. And one thing I want to say this. I, I You talked about chirping. I did. I, have you been on other podcasts before? Like, I feel like I haven't seen you on too many podcasts. So this no, an interview for the Blue Claws was a fun time, but I haven't really been on any podcasts. All right, and this is like I said, this is not the average like you know, tell me your spin rate, tell me this because I don't care about any of that if I'm being honest. More of off the field, like just fun conversation. That's kind of how I kind of how I like yeah. to do it. Show the human side of baseball players. You know, like we're they're more than just like well, maybe not you because you just golf and, and pitch, but you know. <laughs> The average, you know, but, but I'm saying, like, I just kind of, like, open show guys if they're just people. But I saw that you were chirping back on, at, at a fan a couple of times <laughs> on Twitter. Like, who's this guy? And you're just, like, responding back. I'm like, that's, that's. Oh, man. This dude, um, we're not in control of when we pitch, how much we pitch, what team we pitch against. We have no say in what we do. And this dude on Twitter is like, all right, Pipkin, I'm going to put your big boy pants on. <laughs> do you even know anything about baseball guy like are you are you shitting me my big boy pants why don't you go out there and you fucking play and watch what happens to you you yeah. put on some big boy pants i was like i had time that day i was i had plenty of time to sit there and look at twitter and wait for this jackass to respond i mean like come on dude you yeah. can't chirp a, a minor league baseball player who has no control over what he's doing and then not even engage when he chirps you back so uh, it was it was dumb yeah was well, dumb. I'll, I'll say this this is like the new official dom pipkin like burner account so if i see guys chirping at you i'm gonna i'm gonna have to body bag them let them know like this isn't <laughs> this isn't how it is so anytime people can just automatically assume any response to those guys are is coming from you because this is now your burner account this is the official dom podcast um so we got your back brother and you know what i'm saying I know what you're saying. I appreciate that. I need someone to chirp back on Twitter for me because I can't say what I want to say. All the time. I, I 100% got you. I 100% got you. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on the pod, brother. I do appreciate, you know, talking. Uh, it's a long time coming. You should have had you on earlier. Um, definitely going to have to catch up once we both, at some point, we're both in the Bay. Um, maybe get some, oh, you know, for sure we're going to get some in and out. Um, oh, maybe maybe get, do some golfing and whatnot. But uh, yeah, man, I do appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate it. It was, it was a good time being here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let let your boy know that he can't just like dip, dip you know, forget about me forever. You know, I I need the I need the caterpillar on my pod. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure Barbara knows to, to text you back. Yeah, dude. I might have to send him a message anyway. Be like, hey, I heard you're a caterpillar. I heard you got the moves, like for a white boy. I may <laughs> maybe I won't say that. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think I think he'll take take a, a compliment out of it for sure. I respect that. All right, brother. You have a good one. Enjoy the last day of pitching. Um, enjoy your offseason. All right. Thanks, Francisco. You got it, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.